Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guys Without Helmets. Well, week nine of NFL action has come and gone. Not a lot of things to be upset about. Of course, let's start with the Thursday night game. Philadelphia visits the Texans. Kind of surprising half. 29-17 the outcome, but Texans were giving it to them pretty early. Yeah, it was a pretty close game for the most part in the first half. Uh, it might have been tied, actually, going into yeah. the second half. Um, it was a pretty good game for the rushing game of the Eagles, but overall, I, I mean, I think this was a beatable day for them overall with how they played. I know Dallas Goddard finally got his first touchdown. A.J. Brown continued with another touchdown, but it definitely, if it wasn't the Texans, could have been a beatable game for them, but <laughs> once again, undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah, and to beat the to beat the Eagles, you basically have to, at this point, play a, a pretty close to perfect game this year, and, and the Texans started off solid. They did, but they, they just weren't able to play four full quarters of, of solid football. Let me say something that I did on my personal uh, Facebook page, which I know Facebook's a dinosaur, but I did it because we have the, uh, the Instagram. So, Tim, I'll ask you this, because we haven't talked a lot about Philly with you this year. Mm. I threw out the question. Philly arguably has the toughest, or I'm sorry, easiest, easiest schedule in the NFL, if you look at it. Haven't really faced any challenges. So I took a little meme picture that I found and threw it out there on my personal Facebook page, not on the guys page that Josh handles for us, but basically said, how do we know how good this team is? And and if you look at the meme, it basically said, well, they beat Cooper and they beat, you know, the Vikings in prime time. You know, in other words, I'm trying to gauge how this team really is going to play not basing it on the merit of their schedule. Now, for the record, I got roasted by some Philly fans who, instead of putting it on the post, they PM'd me and, and called me all kinds of names, and that's fine. I can handle it. The ones that dialogue <laughs> openly, I'm great. That's what I wanted right. to do. Uh, but I got roasted for basically saying, 8-0 is, speaks for itself and all these things. You know, we're, we're awesome. But you and I both know that we talk about football because we're passionate about it, and we're trying to figure out who this team really is. Did this concern you? That, right. That this team kind of stuck with them for three quarters? Yeah, it, it did, to be honest, because, you know, part of me would say, you know, for, to, to defend the, the Philly fan, they've done everything they can do. They don't mm-hmm. make the schedule, yeah. so they, they beat the eight teams and, you know, whatever teams they were. But your point, to your point, is you do have to look because not all eight nos are necessarily created, created equal, equal, right? Yep. And, and so I think I'd be a little bit more impressed. Again, there's nothing more they can do, but I'd be a little bit more impressed if they had beaten some solid teams along the way and gone, wow, this this team is unstoppable. Right. So I think we're still trying to figure out, even, even now, nine weeks into the season, figure out what type of team are they? I, obviously, they are a very good team. There's there's no one that's going to argue against you with that. But I think the, the question is, let's see what they can do when they, they play a few tougher teams. And I think this might have been an indicator of them maybe looking past um, – uh, the Texans thinking that they had a much weaker opponent, mm-hmm. um, and and so it was a good maybe wake up call for this. And and teams need that, by the way. All, all yeah. teams <laughs> need that wake up call throughout yeah. the season. Yeah, and this Eagles team is obviously a top five team yeah. overall consensus, probably number one in the NFC this year. But what I think the point is, looking back a couple of years, the Steelers team was what eleven and 12 and zero, something like that. Ten and zero start, one and five yeah. in the tail and, end. and they clearly yeah. weren't the best team no. in the league at that point in time. But ousted in the first round. I think the record doesn't exactly show for everybody how good they are right and as a person who does a weekly podcast i want to get an idea so when people ask me what to expect and here's to my point you know they still coming up they have the commanders on money they'll kill them 
They have the Colts, who have an interim head coach. They'll have the Packers, who are playing, we'll talk about that later, the worst <laughs> football in their career, in their history, probably. Uh, they have the Titans, who is a perennial playoff team, a division winner, potentially might be a real matchup. They have the Giants, who've been playing good football. The Bears, they're going to win. They have the Cowboys and Saints. Maybe one or two games that are losable. This is literally the easiest schedule in football, and I just want to know, and for the record, I'm just going to shock everybody, I like Jalen Hurts. I like Brown. I like what they're doing. As a Cowboys fan, I like the Eagles. There, I said it. I like them. So I'm not hating on them, guys. I'm actually just trying to figure out how to analyze this team. So, Yeah, I don't know. You know, again, this is like a hypothetical world, but I'd love to see if you took this this Philly team and just made them play the Bills and made them play the Chiefs and made them play some of those top-tier teams, you know, Five games in a row. Are, are they right there with them? Maybe they are. Or are they getting blown out by some of those top-tier teams and we go, ah, they're just beating up on lesser opponents. I'm not sure we'll find that out, honestly, yeah. until the playoffs. And so uh, they're going to be a hard team to kind of figure out this year. Yeah. One thing for sure, Jalen Hurts is getting better. Brown's a huge addition. He has his target. Uh, what do we call him? The Slim Reaper. Yep. Even though I say a prayer every time he catches a ball that he won't get murdered when he gets hit. Uh, they've got a good squad. Their defense is solid. Um, anyway, enough said. If you guys at all have a clue who they are, let's have some dialogue about it. I'd love to talk more. Uh, somebody I think we figured out, and uh, the Colts, three points, 26, New England. New England's not exactly a good team despite their record. They're not playing great football, but they took care of the Colts pretty easily. And it felt like leading up to this game with the start of Sam Ellinger essentially benching Matt Ryan. Because right. Matt Ryan, I think, more than likely was just going to miss one game. But it, I think they're putting Frank, Frank Reich's leash very short saying basically Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger is your guy. We're going to start him and see how he does. If he's bad, basically you're gone. And that's what we see after this week with such a beatdown. I think uh, Ellinger only had, he had under, under 100 passing yards. Very tough. Got sacked 10 times, basically. They're down to their third running back. It's just a bad situation all around. And all this led up to Frank Wright getting fired this year after this game. Ursay had a change of heart because he initially said that, you know, there's basically a longer rope than there was. That's why we were thinking McDaniel might be the next to go, or McDaniels, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, and obviously this is one of those situations where in the offseason we look at the team on paper. This is a classic case of the team on paper versus the team in reality. You have the number one running back. You have a pretty seasoned veteran quarterback coming in that looking to rebound and prove himself. Good defense. You've got some a great defense, or so we thought, right? If we would have talked about this in June, I think we would all agree the Colts were, were going to be a team to be reckoned with. And let's be honest, going into the offseason, going into the beginning of the season – I, I know myself personally, I was pretty down on the Patriots. So I, I, if you would have asked me in week nine what would happen, I would have said it would be 26-3 with the Colts coming out on yeah. top. And so I think this showed us a few things. I think this showed us the Colts are done for this year, in my opinion. And I think this showed us the Patriots um, are not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, and the largest topic of, of discussion is likely the quarterback situation once again for them, right. as it is every single year yeah, under every Frank week. Reich since 2018. But also the largest money that they're spending at position is on the offensive line as well as the linebackers and those are two areas in their team that are very much so underperforming you saw uh ellinger get sacked nine times in this game we had a ton of fumbles a ton of sacks on matt ryan leading the league in both categories there up until this game as well so their priorities need to be fixed this offseason obviously with all the money being spent there and we'll see if they can turn it around with a regrouping at quarterback likely again <clears throat> so a couple of shockers green bay loses nine to 15 to the lions uh, Air, uh, Atlanta actually goes toe-to-toe until Herbert gets some last-minute heroics. They win. Chargers, 2017. And the Bills fall to the Jets. Now, to me, of those three games, 
all kind of shocking, even though the, the Chargers were able to win, we thought they'd win by much more. We've said it week in and week out. The Falcons are the best bad team in football. They're just <laughs> bad enough to lose, but good enough to be in every game. How big a surprise should we be looking at the Jets beating the Bills? I think it's stunning. I think this is actually the biggest Jets win in the last four or five years, honestly. <laughs> probably right. It really does put them on the map. And and honestly, if you look at the Jets, the Jets are, where, where are they now? Seven and two, is that right? Yeah, um, or the Jets six are three. six and three. I'm yeah. sorry, six and three. But if, if you if you look at those those um, those records right there, if if um, their quarterback does not throw the ball, throw three interceptions, three interceptions by Zach Wilson against the Patriots a few weeks ago, you're talking about the Jets being the number one seed in the AFC right now. Mm-hmm. If they can, I know you could do that with a whole bunch of things. If you could erase that one game, but but that this was a huge statement game for them and. and and we talked about the Eagles before about them not, you know, having a chance to really prove themselves yet. The Jets got a chance to prove themselves, and Zach Wilson had one of, if not the best game of his career on Sunday. Yeah, and I think looking at the quarterback position as well on the other side, Josh Allen, he had a pretty bad game overall. His two interceptions were basically throwing at the cornerbacks. It didn't look good at all. People were saying rookie Josh Allen is back just for this game, but he has a shoulder, or sorry, an elbow injury. They're speaking about nerve damage. We don't know what it's going to be like for the future for him against the Minnesota Vikings or beyond that. But it looks like it had a lot to do with this game and their offense. They really couldn't get anything going down the field. We also saw Sauce Gardner was the recipient of one of those interceptions. He had a great game. Great Once rookie. again, you could argue best cornerback in the league right Defensive now. player, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, defensive player of the year and maybe rookie the year. and rookie let's let's recap because the bills this is the year we all said going into the offseason this is the year the bills take the step forward right this is when they become one of the elite started out beating the rams 31 10 now the rams have turned out to be trash we'll yeah. talk about that it was a much a smaller win than initially thought same mm-hmm. thing with the titans 41 7 much smaller win than we thought the dolphins beat them 21 19 yeah. that's a problem the bills barely beat the ravens who are good at giving up leads they, they beat the Steelers, as they should. It's a rebuilding year. They have their hands full with the Chiefs, as expected, 24-20. to 20. And even the Packers play with them, 27-17, yeah. and finally lands us here, losing to the Jets. Should we be worried about the Bills with some of these matchups? Well, I think the trend of, that, of those games, at least, is when Josh Allen isn't at his best, the team can't make up for it in the running game or defensively with the turnovers or anything like that. So if he's not on his game, then they're more than likely not going to win that game. And what stands out to me, Tim, is looking down, they have the Vikings. Uh, it's not a primetime game, so Kirk mm. should be at his best. Uh, <laughs> they have the Browns. They have the Bills. I'm sorry, they have the Lions. They have the Patriots twice, Jets and Dolphins again, and the Bears. Some of those teams can can you know fight for sure, and the Bengals. I'm sorry, that rounds it out. So what do you think about their upcoming schedule? It's not going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, no, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but in a weird way, I think it actually is good for them. And I think they'll lose a few of those. And weirdly, again, I think it's good for them because so many experts and so many people inside the locker room and outside the locker room had the Bills cruising to an AFC championship and putting them in the Super Bowl already. And, And those are the type of teams that unfortunately usually stumble. And so... They need to be battle-tested, and so them playing some tough playoff-caliber teams is going to kind of show them what they're made of and show them what they need to step up um, and do in order to make that run. I still think, if, if you were to ask me right now who the favorite is to win the Super Bowl right now, I still think it's the Buffalo Bills because I think they will be battle-tested. 
Yeah, well, that's great. Let me get through the rest of the 1 o'clock games. Uh, Vikings had their hands full with Washington. They win 2017. Yeah, if you're watching Red Zone during that game, you 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 just forgot the game was on because nothing happened up <laughs> no. until the fourth quarter, really. And if you're not watching Red Zone, then what are you doing, right? Um, so yeah, it, it was. It looked like the Vikings and Washington were just a gridlock the whole game. Not much happening. If you happen to tune in again, not much on Red Zone here other than watching Mixon go to town. Forty-two twenty-one Bengals destroyed. The Panthers. Whatever hope P.J. Walker had of being the next quarterback, that's over. It's worth noting that they already named him the starter for Thursday, though. Really? Even though Baker played well in the second half, getting, I think, every single point on the board for them, uh, P.J. Walker still named the guy. If you're like me and you happen to be lucky enough to play someone in the fantasy league who had uh, Mixon, I'm sorry. I'm too much to recover. <laughs> Jacksonville is able to beat uh, the Raiders at home 27-20. to Exciting game, actually. This was a red zone uh, flare-up for sure. The Dolphins visited Chicago, and Justin Fields goes into beast mode and almost pulls out the win. Dolphins win 35-32. Here's the game I want to land on, guys. MVP candidate Geno Smith. <laughs> we say this around here, Tim, because it's great. just it's comical, it's and we won't great, be able to say it right. Nope. 31-21, they absolutely... Put it on the Cardinals. Cardinals never looked like they really had a chance. They kind of stayed in front of them the whole way. What in the world? How are we getting a three and a half million dollar man playing better than their thirty million dollar man? Mm-hmm. I mean, how does this happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is that freak. It, it happens one out of every one hundred times. It very rarely is successful, but it, it's happened and it's working. How I don't long know before how? the you know he's the bell of the ball uh, and the right. clock strikes midnight? Right. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm still not believing, but they are. If you're a Seattle fan, you know, you guys. I mean, <laughs> what happens to them if Geno's plays like this all the way through? Yeah. I mean, my goodness. You know, we've seen this before. It's called 1990 Mark Rippon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a guy comes out of nowhere and plays. I mean, and Mark, Mark Rippon was playing lights out. But all right, so the four o'clock games, we mentioned that Seahawks beat the Cardinals. The Rams, surprisingly, in a last minute, <laughs> I don't even know. We thought the game was over. Brady comes to life and they win 16-13. I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, a lot of the dialogue this week was that, hey, Brady unretired to avoid paying his wife a large sum of money. Then they said, well, he unretired to get this record, which seems unbreakable. He just got, what, 100,000 passing yards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What puts him clearly, like, what's 85 or something as the next guy? I, I think he's 15,000 over Drew Brees. Which, you know, here, I think, Tim, I'll ask you this, too, because I'm a hater. Everyone says that because I like to think things through, right? right. Like, here's what doesn't make sense. If Emmett Smith has more rushing yards, touchdowns, all these accolades, then by most people's definition, he's the GOAT, right? He's racked up the most That's of right. everything. But he's not. We all agree on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to argue. I agree. Jerry Rice is because he racked up all the numbers. Right. I don't think he is. I think there's two guys that played right off the top of my head that I think are better athletes, better receivers, Randy Moss and Megatron, mm-hmm. I think are head and shoulders better than Jerry Rice. But he's the GOAT because he racked up numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't like this argument. Here's Tom Brady, who's going to play 55 seasons in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, he's a good quarterback. And right. yes, no one's going to be able to get this many Super Bowl wins. And no one's going to be able to. I get it. Uh, I'm not going to argue if he's the GOAT or not. But I mean, what do we say about this guy now that looks like he's mad at his team and maybe doesn't want to play football anymore? He is an enigma from the standpoint <laughs> of like if I had never watched football before and I just happened to turn on a random Bucks game at some mm-hmm. point and I said, that guy right there is the best quarterback of all time. You go, really? Yeah. Really? That guy? Because he's not 
uh, he's not the flashiest. He's not Mahomes. He's not Rodgers with the arm. He's not. He doesn't have the flashy moves. But uh, it's he's exactly what you Monday said. Night right? Night he's not far from yeah. Monday Night Football, falling down and making the insane throw where you go, yeah, that guy is. I I could see that. But somehow, some way. Uh, he keeps doing it now really quickly about that game if i could say this yeah the rams insane that that last minute all they had to do that the bucks had no timeouts <laughs> left all you have to do is protect the sidelines and the one thing they didn't do was protect Take the, the sidelines they yeah. gave it i mean not only did he score he scored with i think 13 seconds left or 12 seconds or some i mean it, yeah ridiculous but yeah it is frustrating but yeah i i agree with you about brady he's he's a strange obviously he is a phenomenal quarterback you can't argue with the results but the eye test isn't always doesn't always i think i test. just struggle with i get, i think when i was a young man montana was winning super bowls so suddenly he surpassed like dawson and mm-hmm. the greats from before who won multiple super bowls right. as the goat right right and somehow terry who won four super bowls was never the goat right just like emmett right yeah. don't give it to him you know yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't get this. I, I'm trying to learn to get the goat out of my vernacular mm-hmm. and just enjoy because to this standard, then Brady's it. Right. Everyone else sucks. Right. Favre was nobody. Right. Marino was nobody. That's true. Yeah. But if you watch them play football, some mm-hmm. of the best times in football is watching those guys yeah. sling that thing. Yeah. You know, not so fun with Brady sometimes. Yeah, and I don't think Brady's fallen off whatsoever. I mean, you watch him play; he's second in passing yards. Mm-hmm. He, I think he has one interception. He's not really turning over the ball. It's just the offense isn't getting it done. I mean, they highlighted it in the broadcast how Gronk left and Cameron Brate's not playing right now. They had the tight end group last year had double-digit touchdowns. Not the, this time. The blocking on the offensive line was a bonus on top of the offensive line last year. Now you're looking at third-string guys in the offensive line across the board. So, I mean, the offense is completely different across the board and how they're functioning right now. And I don't think it's Tom Brady's fault, but I think he's looking more towards the running backs, more towards shorter passes. And then on the big play attempts that they're having, all the dudes are dropping it. It looks like every single drive, to cap off a drive, there's just a receiver dropping it at the end, just a different guy every time. Yeah. It's not – the thing with the Rams and Bucks game that stood out to me, these are supposed to be the GOAT and Maddie stats, which implies statistics. Both in similar situations right yeah. now. Yeah. I like. Was it you, Josh, or Caleb that said last week? Uh, fantasy players are going to avoid Matthew Stafford with the plague next year, and he's going to mm-hmm. have a he's going to rebound. Mm-hmm. You know, the bottom line is the Rams' offensive line is trash, and the Bucks have an identity crisis and, and a few less weapons at tight end, like you said. Yeah, and I think I mean the Rams' best offensive lineman this year is a guy that was considered a backup last year. Right. So I mean, it's just bad. Yeah. It's hard to build a team when you have superstars taking up a huge chunk of the, the, the cap. So yeah. Yeah. and when those superstars like I love Bobby Wagner, haven't mm-hmm. heard his name said a whole lot, you know, hit or miss for sure. Well that, that's for all of them on yeah. the Rams defense at least. Yeah. Except for Donald. That guy just yeah. steamrolls everybody. Well they can't stop talking about Donald. Right. They well, love no. him. Yeah. <laughs> He's what is he? His what's his ranking in the top one hundred? Like pretty much three? I think yeah. it, I think mm-hmm. it was Brady Rogers Don or Donald Rogers three. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. One of those. Let me say this Tennessee Titans their entire team is their running back. They win and lose based on how that cat gets yeah. down the field. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, A.J. <laughs> Brown, the guy who they traded, has more yards and touchdowns than the entire receiving group for the Titans right now. And now, in fairness, their rookie receivers yet to make the field, the one that they drafted high. Burks? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have had a, a rookie quarterback the last few games and almost beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead 17-20. Rookie quarterback forced into overtime despite... You know, the Alabama boy being the entire team. The last game, and again, guys, listen, we love the NFL. So when we make statements like this, we're not throwing shade. Ravens, New Orleans, not very fun to watch. 27-13, kind of a 
I tell you what, man, the, the primetime games need a lot of uh, work. I mean, they've got them on the schedule good, but then we watch them and we're just like, oh. yeah. yeah. I think the best thing about Monday nights now is if the game is trash, <laughs> you can at least go to Peyton and Eli's <laughs> broadcast. And Bill That's Burr true. is a huge win. So these divisions, again, way too early, uh, but the Ravens sit on top 6-3 to three with the Bengals-Browns, of course, the Steelers at the bottom. The division to watch is going to be the AFC East with the Bills at 6-2, and two, Jets 6-3, and three, Dolphins 6-3. And the Patriots are right there at 5-4. and four. The Chiefs have not run away with it. Chargers are still making fight. 6-2 for the Chiefs. The Chargers are 5-3. and three. Broncos 3-5. and five. And the Raiders, we're going to talk about them in a minute, 2-6. and six. The South is still very much up for grabs, even though the Titans are 5-3. and three. Colts 3-5-1. Five, five and one. Right there with the Jacksonville Jaguars at 3-6. and six. And the Texans on the bottom, 1-6-1. and one. I would say, Tim, that the Vikings are starting to run away a little bit with this division. Uh, seven and one. Packers at three and six. Bears at three and six, mm. and the Lions at two and six. The NFC East is still tight. Cowboys and Giants are making chase to the Eagles that are eight and zero. Oh. Cowboys and Giants, of course, at six and two, and Commanders at four and five. Here's the divisions that are frustrating. Um, <laughs> how do we have the essentially the Buccaneers winning the division at four and five with the Falcons, and then of course Saints at three and six and Panthers at two and seven. That's a tough one. And then of course our MVP candidate so far. That's a joke. <laughs> don't don't quote me. That's a joke. Geno Smith at six and three uh, with the Niners at four and four. Rams at three and five and the Cardinals at three and six. Yeah, and it doesn't look like the Rams are really going to be able to rebound from this three game lead that the Seahawks have on them now. It's tough in that division to spot three games. We know that division is traditionally super tough. I think the funny thing is all the crap that they've given the NFC East these last few years about how pathetic. And, you know, when Dallas wins, they're always like, well, that division is so terrible. Mm. But now we are clearly probably the strongest. Well, without a doubt, we've had more wins in our division than any other division this year. And in a long time, I read. And yet, you know, we're getting shade because we suck. But that's okay. Let's look inside the stats. This is a segment where we dive just a little bit deeper into this week's stats and stat leaders. Josh, hit me with it. Yeah, we're going to start off with the offense. Pat Mahomes leads the league in passing with 2,605. Tom Brady, number two, 2,547. Joe Burrow, 2,535. Josh Allen, 2,403. Justin Herbert, 2,254. Your touchdown leaders are Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Geno Smith, and Tua are tied 21, 19, 18, 16. And the two at the end, Geno Smith, Tua, both have 15. Rushing leaders right now, Derrick Henry, 870. Chubb, the guy who's been at the top the whole year, 841. He's coming off his bye week. Saquon Barkley, 779. Josh Jacobs, 743. Number five, Travis Etienne, 680. Uh, you look at your receiving leaders, Tyreek Hill is the first member of the 1,000-yard club this year. 1,104. Justin Jefferson with number two, 867. Stefan Diggs, 857. Cooper Cup, 813. Jalen Waddle, 812. There's still two Dolphins in the top five. Is that unbelievable or what? Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> quarterback's pretty good, man. Mm. <laughs> uh, we go to the defensive side. Uh, we look at the tackle leaders. Jordan Brooks has 90. C.J. Mosley has 88. Foye Luakon has 88. Roquan Smith has 88 as well. So there's three guys tied for 88 at number two. Zaire Franklin as well. 87. You look at the sack leaders, Matt Judon, 11.5, Justin Houston, 8.5, Zadarius Smith, 8.5, Nick Bosa, 8.5, Micah Parsons off the bye week, 8. Uh, interceptions leader, you have C.J. Gardner-Johnson with 5, Harrison Smith, Jordan Poyer, Von Bell, Eddie, Eddie Jackson, and Tariq Woolen all have 4. Uh, we're going to move over to the other stats. We're going to start off with the Bears stat. Justin Field on Sunday had 178 rushing yards. It's the most by a quarterback in a single game ever. It's probably the most by a Cowboys probably haven't done that in the whole 
Sorry. I'm crying a little bit. That's six more yards than I think Michael Vick's best game, which led the league prior to this week. But we're looking at the Bears still. Uh, this is the second team in Super Bowl era to rush for at least 225 yards in four straight games. Currently, as a group, quarterback and running backs, they lead the entire NFL with 1,759. And they have 90 rushing first downs. That leads the league as well. Uh, we're going to look at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks have forced nine forced, or sorry, have forced nine forced fumbles in 17 games last mm. season. They have 16 this Already. year so far. Mm. So the defense has really stepped up. That's good coaching. The defense was bottom of the league before they got Carlos Dunlap last year, I believe. Or Geno Smith. Geno Smith. <laughs> MVP. <laughs> uh, then we have a couple of Raiders stats. Um, Basically, the trend over the last few weeks, because they had a 17-point lead against the Jags, 17-point mm-hmm. lead against the Chiefs, and a 20-point lead against the Arizona Cardinals. Their 17-point blown leads mm. in Raiders history, there was five in the entire history of the team. There's three this year. Jeez. So it's almost close to double overall because of this year. Um, we're also going to look at their draft picks. We mm-hmm. know that Jonathan Abram oh got cut. Yeah. Let's look at their draft picks over the last couple of years. They got Josh Jacobs oh in 2019, right? They got Cleveland Furl, who they clearly overdrafted mm-hmm. over Devin White, yep. Josh Allen, guys like that. Uh, Damon Arnett, he was way from the team. Henry Ruggs, way from the team. Alex Leatherwood, way from the team. 2022, guess what? They traded it for Devontae Adams. So their picks since 2019 have essentially gone in the trash can overall. Yeah, thanks, Josh. We appreciate you doing that. I, I was, we're gonna visit the Raiders a little bit and buy or sell. But uh, Tim, we asked the question. I think last week that uh, Josh McDaniels would be the next coach to get fired. We were wrong. Frank Wright won the prize. But um, what do you think? Is he close? I don't think he's close because they made such an investment. They made such a big deal about new regime. He should be close. <laughs> that that's a, the, sorry. Let me answer that two yeah. different ways. He should be close. Yeah. I don't think he is. Um, I think they'll let him ride out the season, and we thought that about Frank. Uh, I, you're right. You're right. Um, I no, I don't think he's. Close. <laughs> you don't think so? No, I don't. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at Week Ten while we're talking about it. This is a segment where we preview Week Ten, give you our locks, upsets, any hot takes that we want to make. So as we are looking down the schedule, I- I'll go first. Let me give you a lock. Oh man, I tell you, there's some. Uh, I'm looking at the at the primetime games. I look, well. Yeah. Come on, NFL. They did so good picking them, but then I'm looking at them thinking, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. Okay. Well, let me lock this in. Carolina's at home. They're playing uh, pretty trashy. I think Atlanta comes two and a half points. They're getting two and a half points. Um, or giving two and a half points. I'm sorry. I think Atlanta uh, wins this game. I think I'm going to lock in Atlanta. Again, they're the best bad team in football, but they're playing a bad team that's worse. So I'm going to go with uh, Atlanta and lock that in. Tim? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants. Um, They watched Houston play their rivals, Philadelphia, and they watched Houston play them pretty well. So I don't think the Giants will be sleeping on uh, the Houston Texans this week. I think they they know that Houston is not a great team, but they're a dangerous team um, if if you let them stay around. And so I think the Giants are my lock. They're at home, and I think they're playing great football. The home win for the Giants. Yep, For me, I'm going to be picking the Chicago Bears over the Detroit Lions. Uh, we look at the last three games, and uh, the overall season, they're the number one rushing team for the Chicago Bears. But the last three games, they really started getting it together with giving Justin Fields the carries and really being the guy that he was drafted to be. But they're in Soldier Field. There's a potential for a low of negative degrees in this game, uh, negative four, they're saying. So 
It's a big rushing game for them, a big rushing offense playing against the worst defense in the league. I think that that could continue in this game. When we look at the efficiency of the wide receivers, the Bears receivers are actually more efficient than the Lions receivers this year, as surprising that it is mm. with Amon Ra's start. Uh, we'll see if they can string it back together. He's kind of been down the last couple of mm-hmm. games. But I think overall, I like the Bears over the Lions. So, Tim, interestingly, you want to contrast that with your upset. I do. My upset's going to be Detroit. Um, and, and to be honest, this is not – I don't think either of these are slam dunks. But uh, <laughs> may, maybe yeah. they are. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> every week every, every week when I think I know something about this league, and that's what makes it so fun, it, it, it totally <laughs> throws me for a curveball. Throws a curveball. But um, Detroit – I see Detroit going in there and winning. They, they have some good momentum coming off a, a win against Green Bay last week and uh they're going on the road and chicago's okay but they're not unbeatable by any stretch if they can figure out a way to to contain justin fields i think detroit can come out of there and uh dan campbell will have that group fired up as he always does because he's dan campbell um but yeah i i see detroit going in there and pulling off the upset so for me as far as my upset um i don't know who the new orleans saints are i, I see them run a lot of gimmicks and I see him trying to make us guess who's going to be behind the quarterback or direct snap it. And I think, I mean, I love that they're playing in the vein of their previous coach. But to me, I don't think that you can cash that check. So for me, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I know that they are not a playoff team this year. And they have a new quarterback that they're clearly going to stick with, it seems like. Um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh because they're home to upset New Orleans, who I think has no identity. Josh, what's your upset for the week? For me, I'm going to be picking the Broncos over the Titans. Uh, they just came off their bye. But for the overall statistics of the season, they're number two defensively across the board. Uh, they actually have 25 sacks so far, and uh, they've been pretty good defensively. So we're just hoping for a jump on the offense. We've seen the passing game for the Titans the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's just not been good with Malik Willis. So we'll see if that changes during this game. If Malik Willis continues to play in this game, I think it's almost the odds will change in favor of the Broncos. But I think going into the, I like the Broncos off the bye, hopefully getting some sort of juice off of this bye week going in against them. Excellent. Any hot takes? Anything? I'm not going to hold you to it because, Tim, I know when you're not on the show, you listen, and I'm terrible at hot takes. So I'm I'm done. I'm not even hot taking anymore. I I can't even think of anything worth hot taking at all as I look at this schedule. I'm just bad at it, to be honest. I mean, my hot take would be, all right, I'm going to hot take because this is how terrible I am. I'm just throwing it out there. Kenny Pickett throws three touchdowns for the first time in his career against the Saints defense. That's my hot take. I'll go McCaffrey scoring three touchdowns <laughs> against the Chargers. How's that for you? <laughs> that, that's actually an excellent hot take. <laughs> Give me a three, Josh. Three something. Give me a three. Three something. Um, Micah, Micah Parsons sacks uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers three times. <laughs> okay. Um, What's the over-under on that? On the, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say something very light. I think that this is going to be the most exciting Amazon Prime game of the existence of Amazon Prime because every other time you could have been asleep yeah. and missed every single one of those games. If the Falcons win, I'm going to get Josh on the show just so we can talk Falcons next week. So we're talking <laughs> Packers this week. Let's talk about the best bad team in football. I love it. All right, so those are our rather sheepish hot Okay, so we're going to do something a little different. Caleb's not here to give us our educated guests, so we're going to talk Packers. We figured our resident Packer fan is here. Tim, fresh off a, a home game, you and your yeah. son, Ethan, watching the Packers. Yeah. I know that was a super-duper exciting time. It was amazing. And then you get to come home to this. Well, if, if you would have told me <laughs> when I left the stadium on September 30th that the Packers would not win another game, and we are on November 
the middle of November 8th right now is when we're recording this, and they have lost five games in a row. I would have said you were crazy because their their schedules the giants the jets the um the another easy one the 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 commanders they i mean i thought for sure they were going to go on a run and they just have not um i think the packers are you okay if i just jump right into oh, please, it just, yeah, yeah. yeah so it all goes back to the off season obviously the biggest the pi- the biggest pivotal thing that happened to Packers this offseason was losing Devonte Adams. They've had this really good core for three or four or five years now of, of some solid running backs and the receiving core. Not only do they lose Adams, but they, they lose MVS. They lose they lost several of their top receivers. And so um, with, with Devonte Adams, obviously you're not going to replace a Devonte Adams. He's a top, top two or three receiver in the league, or at least he was. I, I think he's still right there. He just doesn't have a quarterback thrown to him. But anyway, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but but the, the problem with the Packers is they decided to take that money that they had offered Devontae and pour it into their defense. And they were planning on having a top two or three defense this year. And, and so that's their first um, glaring obvious downfall is they do not have a top two or three defense right now. Um, the, the people that they reinvested in, they've just not been able to um, – step up and, and even exceed their expectations or, or outplay what they were doing last year. Mm-hmm. Then on the receiving end, obviously Rodgers has nobody to throw the ball to. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Who are, who are the, what's the depth chart? One, two, and three. Uh, well, Ro- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. I was going to say Romeo Dubs, but he's now out for the next couple of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy Watkins, who you can never roll, roll the dice and no. he'll probably miss the game. Yep, yeah. um, Alan Lazard is our one. Yeah. Is he healthy? One. He's been uh, in and out too. Yep. Tight end, um, Bobby Tunyon, coming Bobby, off of a torn ACL. Yep. Yep. Gosh, yep. Mercedes Decorum. Lewis, the ageless wonder. Then on Mercedes top of that, Lewis. your star linebacker is right. making yep. waves by saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. all, all this money the NFL is making, these owners need to dish out grass because we're tired of yeah, getting hurt." Because you had a torn ACL from Rashawn mm-hmm. Gary, who's mm-hmm. been their best edge rusher for I think the past two years at least. How I many mean, starters are we down? Devon J. Campbell, who who was the guy that tweeted that you're talking about, he got he left the game early as well. Yeah, so they're out several starters on both sides of the ball. Um, but but you know what? Uh, you know I, I'm going to own it as a Packers fan. So is every team. Every yeah, team yeah. has to deal with injuries. Sure. My my second disappointment is not only their <laughs> off season, but okay. So it's been obvious the first seven, six or seven weeks that Rodgers needed a stud receiver. So the rumors for a while have been Chase Claypool and Darren Waller. They're 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 going to make a deal. They're going to make a deal. And supposedly they had a deal in place for Claypool the day before the trading deadline, which was actually last Monday. Can I pause you right there? Yeah. When guys like Jerry Judy are trade bait, you're talking to Claypool? Right. Kadarius Tony? Right, right. I mean, okay. I know, I know. But so they they had this trade in place. The Bears come along, offer basically the same thing. And supposedly Pittsburgh thought Bears would finish worse, which (laughs) they might not be right (laughs) on that one, actually. Um, And so the the Packers are in a heap of trouble. And and I'm a a diehard Packers fan. You know me. I'm usually Mm -hmm. looking for the positive. But I've watched every game this year, and I've gone back and watched – uh, watched each one several times, and there's just so many things they're doing wrong. Their play call, Rodgers just does not look into it, and and he's partly to blame too. You know, he's he's kind of got the uh, I don't know if you want to call it diva thing. You could call it a diva yeah, thing sure. where he he rolls in late to training camp each year. He doesn't play the preseason games, yeah. which you know you've earned that maybe. He, I he guess has. Right? I think he has. 
But this year, when you have all new receivers... You should have put in the work. Right. You should have been there. You should have been there. Because the best thing to me that stood out about Peyton Manning, and he did this more famously than mm-hmm. probably everybody else, and his brother did it too, mm-hmm. Eli. He'd bring all his receivers out on the field early, before camp, take them to Duke, whatever he did. He had a method to work with every guy on his field and throw balls and run routes. Yep. And I, I don't care. You're right. You got to do the time, especially right. with a bunch of young guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish the Packers offense, and I know this is oversimplifying any offense by just putting it the way I'm going to put it. Yeah. The, their three best players when they step on the field on offense are, are Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon. And because and, even Lazard, he's, he has never been a number one, right. and so he's being covered by the top cornerback. So he's not. He's not even close to, to um, Devontae. And so I wish they would have base their offense around and and they started the year by doing this by putting both running backs on the field at the same time and i thought this is genius you don't know who you're going with it's kind of like the, do you remember the the giants years ago had thunder and lightning it was tiki barber and and um uh, uh was um oh I'm, is it bradshaw no, no no what was the big boy's name um it's brandon jacobs was his oh, name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, brandon yeah. jacobs and tiki barber and so you had like that the, the the guy that was kind of zooming in and out and then the big pounder and aj Dillon, he's a beast mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they just have not been able to use that to their advantage and and get teams trying try and be guessing and so I, I don't know about the Packers. I, I do know this. I would be floored if they make the playoffs this year. They they basically have to run the table. And so I don't hear Aaron telling anyone to R-E-L-A-X this year <laughs> because I think he realizes what he has. And yeah. um, they've been spoiled for, for many years. They've they, It's just been a guarantee that they've been there, and they're not. Um, they're sitting at three and six. The Vikings seem to have it together, as as Kirk will remind you. And they, <laughs> we do like that, Kirk. We do like that. Are you um, one of the Packer fans who who hate the Vikings? I don't I mean, because all- we've owned them. <laughs> the Packers have owned the division for so long now. I don't. I love. I mean, we talk fantasy on this podcast. Justin Jefferson's on my team, so like, yeah. I love Jefferson. I. I it just I, proves you're not a meatball fan. No, that. no, not but at all. But let me also no. say this to your credit: Tim mm-hmm. Schneider is literally the nicest person you're ever going to meet. <laughs> He'll probably never say anything coarse about anyone. But I know a lot of Viking fans who hate the Packers. Of course they would, because right. the shoe's on the other foot. They're owning right. <laughs> the Vikings, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. And so I, I see, uh, I mean, I understand why the Vikings hate the Packers, or Viking fans hate the Packers. Packers really haven't had much reason to hate the Vikings, or Viking fans, you know, whatever it might be. But, um, yeah, Packers are in a, in, in a lot of trouble, and I think they're kind of coming to this crossroads in their organization of what they're going to do. Aaron being the biggest question mm-hmm. mark of, do they try and go forward with him? Does he even want to be back after this? And, um, you know, the way their season's going, they <laughs> might be in, in for a pretty high draft pick where they could actually draft a quarterback because I think they everyone in the building knows Jordan Love is probably not, not the answer. The answer. Yeah. And I think looking forward, I mean, this week y'all are playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Packers' offense right now is sitting at 27th in the league, uh, 15th in points allowed on defense, and on turno- or turnovers and sacks-wise, they're essentially 20th in the league on both of those. Uh, the Cowboys right now are sitting at 14th and 3rd uh, defensively. So how do we feel about this upcoming game? 
Yeah, I think on, on a realistic level, I, I think the Dallas defense will be a little bit much for them um, because they've had they've had a hard time with production. I mean, protection. They've even had a hard time running the ball at times. Which again, two of their best players are running backs. You'd think right. they'd they'd be able to. Um, but I think the tale will be that that Dallas may be able to score a little, and that defense give them a little harder time than they'll give us. Yeah, the time of possession is going to be the key for the Packers. Mm-hmm. If the Packers can get some drives going like they did two weeks ago against the Bills, where they keep. Dallas off the field. This was the type of team, the way the Packers built their team this year was not to win 37-30. They're not going to win any game by putting, they're not putting up 37 points, period, in any game. But if they can keep the other team off the field and just pound it and, and con- continue winning time of possession and, and put some long drives together and win some, you know, 2013 type games, 17-13 type games, um, you know that that's going to be their only hope in this game because Dallas is a much stronger team. Yeah, and the Packers I think right now are third in time of possession, so they generally do string together these long drives. And uh, for whatever reason, the Cowboys always seem to be on the losing end against the Packers, at least in the past with what this team's been. Yeah, there's a psychological thing for sure, and you know, and Dak would feel this more than anybody. So I think a couple things I think that factor in. One, this is Mike McCarthy's revenged game right, right? He, yeah. he's going to coach the crap out of this game and, and and smile and try to win Dak Prescott needs to beat the Packers to get that monkey off the back because let's be honest the Packers have been his daddy yeah he started off his first season losing to the yeah. Jared Cook uh, yeah I remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> the big difference this season though with the Packers if you've watched any of their games is yes they put these long drives together but mm-hmm. they cannot punch it in twice this past week they got down to the one yard line and could not score Four four downs and they could not score, and so that'll be the difference. Um, that that'll be something to watch, I should say, versus Dallas. Um, I actually think, you know, Green Bay might be a little bit fired up for this game. They they better be fired up for this game. But um, with Mike McCarthy coming back and knowing that everyone's just kind of writing them off like I am right now, <laughs> and so. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think it could be a good game, but you know, the early indicator is if if it starts becoming a shootout early on, Dallas has the distinct advantage here because Green Bay cannot hang. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, Tim, we appreciate the commentary. We uh, hey, <laughs> we know welcome. we can always get intelligent conversation <laughs> about the Packers, and we absolutely love that. Let's move into one of my favorite uh, segments that we do, a little segment called Buy and Sell. Uh, this is no surprise uh, to you guys. Of course, you don't know the answers all the time, so I love seeing your reactions, especially if they're crazy. But let's start with something we touched on. Justin Fields is becoming the next elite running quarterback in the NFL. Buy or sell? I'm going to buy. I think I think the how long people tilt on rookies coming into the league, what, what we've seen recently, we saw Burrow and Herbert come in and be instant successes. Uh, even before that, we saw Baker Mayfield come in the league and was an instant success for his first two years or so when they became a playoff team. Um, I think people just, I think they lose their mind, quite frankly, when, when they're not that good in their first year. Yeah. And so we're looking a year and a half into Trevor Lawrence, a year and a half into Justin Fields, uh, Two two and a half years into Tua, and all these guys are becoming top quarterbacks at the same time. I just think the development process is takes time. It thinks people push it down so much that they push these guys into being bad in their mind. But these are all high end prospects for a reason, and we're seeing it show early right. in their career, right. despite not doing it in their first year. So if you're asking me, I think he's definitely becoming an elite running quarterback. I mean, you look at his athleticism coming in; he was a top 
three quarterback all time in terms of athleticism. You'll hear the Cam Newton comps. You'll hear not the Mike Vick because he's a lot bigger. But I just think if you're asking me, I think he's 100% becoming one of those top running back or quarterbacks. Josh is buying. I'm buying as well. I'm buying with the condition with any running quarterback that he stays healthy, <laughs> right? Because I mean that that is always that's always been the danger with these are, guys. But let me ask you: Are we past that? Let me say why. Because the body types have changed so much. I know that like Lamar looks small. He's not a small guy. Right. Kyler's a small guy. But we were worried about RG three, who was a small guy. Are we worried about you know Allen and you know that's Fields? Because they're they're big boys. Like mm-hmm. Allen looks like he could run you over. Yeah, that's true. And he has. He's run some <laughs> of them over. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm a hundred percent buying. He is becoming the next elite running quarterback. Um, with running being the keyword here, he's not becoming the next elite quarterback, but he is the next elite running quarterback. Yes. Do, do you think it's because they're opening up the playbook and saying, "Hey, RPO, run, do what you got to do"? Is, is this why we're seeing a change? Well, yeah, emphasis on run because this year you're finally seeing with the new coaching staff, Iberflus coming in. They're actually letting him be the guy that he was drafted to be right. and let him run. You see double-digit runs. You see the best running game of all time last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, casually, I guess. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins, he had big touchdowns. Longest touchdown run, I think, in Bears history, at least for quarterback. I don't remember. I don't remember. It's not better than Walter Payton's run. But, um, yeah, I just think, I mean, you're talking about injuries. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys now are more scared to get that penalty thrown on them for sure. tackling the quarterback down the field than in years prior. So, Tim, again, as an NFC North guy, mm-hmm. would you say, because we've said for years, Vikings suck because Zimmer's holding them back. He's not mm-hmm. using Kirk. Um, we love Dan Campbell. We think he's a good right. answer. He's got a good team. Would you say this is the best coached this division has been in a very long time i think so i think these guys need to figure out what their strengths are and Mm -hmm. play to that strength and build their teams around that strength you know um and so justin fields there's there's no one that denied when he came out of of college that he was a good quarterback but the the last year or two they, they haven't built their team around him they've they've tried to make him fit into their system rather than saying here are your strengths we're going to build the team around you and so i think the coaches have gotten smarter honestly question for you josh um we knew that Nagy and zimmer were holding their teams back would you say matt eberflus is the answer in chicago i think so i think i mean tim just said it. he's letting his guy play how he should be and you saw the same thing with harbaugh that he went from Joe Flacco, who's the complete opposite of Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. They got Lamar Jackson and instantly gave it to him and let him do his thing. So the <laughs> offense completely different now. So I think Iberflus, I think he's a much more consistent play caller, at least who he has under him as well on the offensive coordinator side. I think this is just a much better coach team than the year's prior Bears. I mean, the Bears staff with Matt Iberflus and their roster was much better than it is right now, yeah. other than the quarterback position. Matt Iberflus. Eberflus, 51 years old. He's been in the league uh, 13 years coaching, 30 overall coaching college together. So, yeah, I agree. I think yeah. he's a step up. And I think another thing for the Colts, at least, you saw him as the defense coordinator there mm-hmm. the last couple of years. They've been a top defense with Eberflus. He's gone. I know mm-hmm. Shaq Leonard's been hurt. They got Stefan Gilmar, though, and their defense is way down. So, yeah. I mean, you're Scheme. seeing the effect for him, at least in the cornerback room for the Bears right now. They have top players, both rookies, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, both playing very well. You, you see the transition with him on the Bears from the Colts. All right. Buy or sell. The Raiders have somehow made Carr and Adams reunion a train wreck. <laughs> I'm buying 100%. <laughs> Since the Packers <laughs> it's fan who lost Adams. Unbelievable. It's comical. Got, uh, it is comical. And I love Devontae Adams as a person and a player. I really do. Even now, though he left us. I love him. But, uh, oh, I don't understand how this has happened. 
you have one of the top wide receivers in the entire game who can do things that most wide receivers cannot do. And I don't know. Again, this is the exact opposite of what we were just talking about the Bears. I know it sounds strange, but the Bears built their team around Justin Fields and his strengths. Instead of the Raiders going, all right, we've got a number one receiver. We've never had this before. Let's build our team around him. And, And it seemed like such a setup. Like they bring in McDaniels. They bring up this whole new regime. So you don't even have to worry about, hey, here's what we did last year. You would have thought McDaniels would have come in and said, all right, here we're we're making Devonte Adams the centerpiece of our our offense, and but they didn't, and, and somehow they've made it a train wreck. Now, I'm not saying it's not salvageable because I do think if they do fire McDaniel's and they move on, um, he's he's too good of a receiver to um, just go to waste. But yeah, it, right now it's absolutely a train wreck. Yeah, I'm gonna buy as well. I mean, looking at this team. Their offensive line is completely gone. I mean, they had Rodney Hudson go down before the season even started. Um, Richie Incognito retired right before the season started as well. They have Colton Miller, who's been, speaking of first-round picks, he was a first-round pick in 2018, I believe. He's been the only guy that's been decent for this offensive line. You're looking at rookies in two different spots. They have one center. Like, it's just been bad. And traditionally, Derek Carr is a really good quarterback under pressure. You saw last year, there was his offense line was good enough for him to be able to run around and make stuff happen. But this year, he's just getting pressured very quickly and trying to force receivers down the field with Devontae Adams. Like, downfield plays just not worked. But every time they have targeted Devontae Adams down the field, it seems like it's been a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, and Tim, I like what you said earlier about not being sure that it's been statistically-wise because right now uh, with Vegas, he is on pace to have a pretty good season for him, i.e. it's a little it's a little low. Like, for example, he is actually on pace for a 90-catch season average. He's on pace for a 1,242-yard a season and a 13-touchdown season. He does have seven touchdowns so far. So those numbers aren't real far off. I mean, he's traditionally, when he's healthy, a thirteen to fifteen hundred yard guy, and yep. he's going to be close. So statistically, not a drop off. But again, the eyeball test—he's jumping out of bounds of stuff that's not catchable yeah, that yeah. Carr can't throw to him, and, and he's just walking off mad. You know? Yeah, and I think I mean Derek Carr is very good on throwing the sideline traditionally. So I don't know what's happening there. But I mean, Devonte Adams still has a chance to lead the league in receiving touchdowns too. Yeah, and he's on pace. His you know his his longest reception last year was fifty nine yards. He's at fifty eight already, which is pretty stare. He's a fifty plus guy every year. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And I would say here's the caveat for me buying and selling. Yes, it's been a freak show. It's been fun to watch because they're so bad. <laughs> but I think that they statistically they're on point. And if they tighten it down a little, he could actually have a record year. So I think there's room for them to improve. So I'm selling only on the that I think they get the train back on the rails. Yeah, and I know Max Crosby's been fantastic, and they got Chandler Jones, and that duo was really hyped up going into the season. They're 32nd in sacks. They have nine right. sacks. Uh, I mean, they're they're an average offense by numbers. They're 14th right now. They're bottom everywhere else in the league. So it's just overall, they've just been a very poor team. And every we talked about blowing leads. They've had a lead in almost every single game, including two-plus scores against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and they found a way to lose every single one of those games. Yeah, similar to we were talking earlier in the show about the Colts having mm-hmm. a great team on paper. They've got to figure out a way to make it work. You know, you could have a great team on paper, but if you don't go out there and have a great game plan to, to match or to exceed the other team's uh, you know performance, you're going to lose in this league. It doesn't matter how good of a how good of uh, individual players you have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes you question McDaniel's play calling beyond scripted plays because they come out so hot they play very well and it looks like at the end of the game their offense is just so poor remember when i said i'm a hater Mm -hmm. 
All right, this is why people call me a hater. <laughs> I watched Josh McDaniels coach a Bronco team with Tim Tebow that was mm-hmm. trash. The brilliant boy wonder from New England coached a dumpster fire of an mm-hmm. offense that got lucky with that Tebow magic. Remember yep. to Thompson? Oh, absolutely. Um, they sucked. They were terrible. There was nothing good about that offense except Tebow had magic. After the magic was gone, the guy was gone. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed to see. Never hire this clown again. And Tebow Be- was bad. <laughs> Tebow's been yeah, bad. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's probably the greatest like college quarterback because there's so much hype right. in his wins. Turned into the biggest quarterback bust because he got so That's many true. chances. But does that mean they need to get a, a running-centric quarterback for Josh McDaniels? I thought that McDaniels might strike gold by being able to use T- Tebow, but that fell off quickly. I mean, the, the point is this. There's nothing about the New England offense that is glitzy enough that you go, well, I got to get some of that. And they got some of that. And look at what they got. It's right. trash. Yeah, I, I mean, th- I mean, the Patriots offense has all been about repetition <clears throat> and doing this, just doing it over and over and over, and then you end up winning the game. It's if For this, it looks like they're doing stuff they never do for 90% of the game, and they score early, but it's just trash for the rest of it. What I love about Belichick the most, and I've been critical of him over the years, I'm tired of him winning like everyone else is, but I, I really respect the guy for this. He basically teaches peewee fundamental football. Good fundamentals, do your job, and we'll come out on top. And he's exactly right. It's chess. If the chess piece is aligned, right. you do your job, you're going to win nine That's times right. out of ten. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do it with immense talent. No. He doesn't do it with you know superstars. He does it with a system and everyone doing their job. And kudos to the GOAT because Belichick, man. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Buy or sell. With the Rams offense non-existent. There I said it, L.A. Your offense sucks. It's non-existent. <laughs> it's terrible. McVay, come on. Um, their season is lost. Buying or selling? I'm going to sell. Not sell confidently, but I'm going to sell because right now they're sitting at three and five. The team in the lead is the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, you heard that correctly. The Seattle Seahawks. I don't know. I I know it's a three-game lead. To me, the bigger threat is the San Francisco 49ers, not the Seattle Seahawks. Um, standing in the way of the Rams. Now, the Rams have to get it together, but I, to me, they just have too many good pieces and too much. I, I like McVay. I think he's a good coach. Um, they're coming off a Super Bowl win. I don't think their season's over at three and five. So I'm, I'm going to sell on that. Now, the caveat with that is they, they better win this week with Arizona coming in. They need to turn it around. If they lose to Arizona, then they are done. But I think they could put together a run here, and I don't think, I don't even. I'm not even sold that Seattle's a playoff team. I know we're more than halfway through the season, but <laughs> we've yeah. been pinching ourselves every time I, I know, Gino throws right, a touchdown. Yep, yeah, for me, I'm gonna buy. I think they are. I, just, I think. I think if you wipe away the name from last year, the the L.A. Rams that are stuck with them from the Super Bowl run, I think that this is a very much so a different playing team. I mean, a lot of the situations happen this year with the offensive line and other things, but. I just think that they're not a good enough team. I mean, beyond divisional leaders in the NFC, there's three teams that have three-game leads on them already, if we're including the Seahawks in their division. Um, they're a bottom offense right now. We saw it. They've basically been putting up under 20 every game. And uh, this, they get the real test, as Tim said, against the Cardinals. They're second worst defensively. This is an easy matchup for them across the board. The, the Seahawks have dropped 30 on them twice. If they're better than the Seahawks, I have to see them outplay the Seahawks against the same defense coming up. They, they let the Bengals bully them around in preseason, which means nothing. But they start off getting destroyed by the Bills. To me, that was a bigger deal than people think because the Rams should have been a, a Super Bowl contender and gets destroyed in week one. Then they have a hard time with the Falcons. They, they do beat the Cardinals, but it wasn't pretty. 
we know the 49ers are their daddy. We already said that. Uh, they let, I believe, Cooper come in and beat up on them. It wasn't Dak. Cooper Rush, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, right. They had their hands full of the Panthers. They beat them 24-10. It wasn't pretty. Then they let their daddies come back, the 49ers, and spank <laughs> them. They lose this unprecedented, weird, just guard, as Tim said, guard the outs, and they didn't. And then looking at their schedule, a lot of division. Cardinals, who knows? Saints, who knows? Chiefs should kill them. Uh, Seahawks will yeah. probably beat them. <laughs> they play them twice, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Raiders, which who knows by them? Maybe they're the train's right. back on the rails, you know? Uh, Packers, again, who knows? <laughs> um, Broncos, and they get the Rams again. I mean, uh, the Chargers, then the Seahawks. My point is, this is not a cakewalk. No. I personally think Sean McVay and Shanahan were great together because they managed two different things. You know, the passing and the rushing games were, were different. And I think his strength has now been exposed and they know what to do. And ever since he has lost the ability to run effectively mm-hmm. and he's a one-dimensional coach, coaching matters, mm-hmm. everyone knows, stack the box, force him to throw, and if you're getting pressure the way they are with their offensive line, they won't have time to throw. And that has been the issue. They're not going to fix the offensive line this year. They're not. Hopefully they do it in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have the firepower to run or to block. That offense is a train wreck, and that's why I think they've been figured out. Yeah, and I think if you add up all the running backs' totals on the Rams, I think that they have 100 more yards than just Kyler Murray. Okay. And I think, I mean, <laughs> speaking of bad running game, that's pretty bad considering the fact that Kyler Murray's run less this year than he has in years prior as well. I just think that just right now, I think if we're basing it off of how the Rams have played and not like – like they get someone back and their offense should right. be better right. or something like that. Like this is the team they're going to be and maybe injured in the future as well with the with how the offensive line is. There's, there's no possibility of them getting better in my opinion, especially, I mean, if they lose to the Seahawks in one of those games, their season's probably done beyond that. The, the best thing they can do is start to bench Matt Stafford so he can get his elbows strong for next year yeah. soon. And I, th- they, I don't think they have a hope for a wild card, to be no, honest. I don't either. So the Rams still do think they're in it because they the, the several reports said they thought they had landed McCaffrey. They they were mm-hmm. in on McCaffrey and pretty pretty solid offer, and so they they think they're in it. Which I don't know what that means, but um, with the NFC looking as weak as it is, I, other than the NFC East, NFC East, you guys are killing it there. The rest of the league is sketchy. The rest of the <laughs> NFC is sketchy. So I. I don't know. To me, anything could happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell that their season is lost, but not super confidently. Yeah, and to me, I think if the Giants continue and the Cowboys continue, you're looking at one more spot for one, them if they right, if right. they don't take their division. So they're also fighting with the Rams, or sorry, the Seahawks and the Niners. And I think, I think the Niners are a better team. I think we all agree on that right now, at least. Um, I just don't know. I think with how being in division and very similar schedules across the board i think that the niners have a better chance overall than the rams well here's the kicker if it ended today we know that the bucks seahawks and vikings all get in with the eagles being the top but then how many wild cards have we shifted to three three right. so you figure wild card teams now suddenly become and this is hard to three say three from the east yeah three from the east and guys washington is 4 and 5 mm-hmm. the falcons are 4 and 5 and the 49ers are 4 and 4 it's it's probably the 49ers yeah. if I have to be yeah. honest yep. but if it ended today it's one of those and they're not in the conversation so yeah I'm with you guys I, I think that it yeah I mean and another, it's tough another thing about the bye week at least is that the Rams have already had their bye week I think the Seahawks haven't and the Cardinals haven't so the Cardinals are already a game behind them despite right. having the same amount of right. wins wow yeah I think it's just too much I, I agree okay here's, a, here's one listen carefully the Steelers are playing for next year, and their 
staying with Kenny Pickett. In other words, here's why I asked this question. I don't see them benching Kenny Pickett, and I already see that they're not going to make the playoffs this year. So I'm asking, are you buying that they are playing for next year and sticking with, with the rookie? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I, I am. I, I, very I, unprecedented for this team. It is very unprecedented, but they're also a very smart organization, <laughs> and I think they are, they are a, a team that does not play year by year. They don't just go in the moment they've been a team that you know statistically or uh, historically they've always had the big picture in mind mm-hmm. and so if any team's going to do uh, you know take a step back and go all right we're playing we, you know we we need to develop our quarterback and this is going to be our guy for the next 10 years it's pittsburgh and they have the patience to do it look at the amount of head coaches i got a part had. b i'm going to ask you in a second what do you think about this josh yeah, i'm going to buy i don't think it's because they want to obviously y'all just covered how they're basically in it every single year. And I think looking at this year and who they have at quarterback, this is kind of something that they could have expected to happen with the situation that they have right now. So I don't think they want to do this. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to – it's not like a tanking situation. Yeah, yeah, no. that. But I think they, they definitely recognize at this point with how the division is playing right now and how loaded the AFC is right now that they probably do not have a chance to make the playoffs and compete this year. So I think the, the commitment that Steelers make to players, as in like – trying to sign Le'Veon Bell even though he was relatively inefficient Mm -hmm. or running Najee Harris who's been the least efficient running back in the league they kind of stick with their guys if they're committed to them so I think Kenny Pickett obviously getting him they didn't have to pay up anything for him because he fell to 20 to them but they paid for their guy in the first round I think they're going to stick with them for several years and if he's bad they'll cut him beyond that but I don't think it's going to be a quick turnaround for them so that's my B question Uh, I've talked to some guys that asked me if are Pittsburgh really going to go with Kenny Pickett long term Mm I, first of all, I agree with you guys 100%. I don't think the Steelers would ever admit that they've already moved on, but we know they have because they're not putting Truby in and trying to fight through. We know without Watt, they can only do so much. This leads me to my next question. Kenny Pickett is their answer next year? We both agree 100% they're not moving away from that quick. I don't think they will. So that puts them in position, and tell me if I'm wrong, Josh, you especially, their first-round options would include like Jalen Carter from Georgia, right? Or Will Anderson from Alabama. They've got some opportunities early if if they're a, a bottom five team to really get one of these difference makers on defense joey porter jr's right there yeah i mean yeah i think there's a lot of options for them that aren't quarterbacks obviously there's great quarterbacks coming mm-hmm. in stroud and uh, bryce young other names included but if, if it's going to be the steelers i think if they're going to be building around kenny pickett i think that they would potentially turn that pick into other picks trading down if they're that high because i mean usually they either trade up in the top 10 and get the guy that they can't believe is still there, Devin Bush or whatever, a couple of years ago, or they trade out. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but I think they are 100% going to be building around Kenny Pickett with that pick. I don't think that they're going to entertain an option like another quarterback. Yeah, because the way it stands right now, they'd have three picks in the top 45. They draft well. They get a lot of value. They could move around. Also, a, a part C to the Steelers. Quite a lot's going on with the Steelers quietly in sports world. Do you guys think one journalist, I, I would cite his name, but honestly, I threw, flew by it on the internet today say they should hire Frank Reich as their offense coordinator right now. Uh, he's a terrible head coach. I think Frank Reich has a, been a trash head coach. But he's the mastermind behind that Eagles Super Bowl a couple years ago. Should they go after him as an OC? Because their offense is not good. Hey, mm-hmm. I was going to say, funnily enough, the Colts last week, mm-hmm. because the Steelers are on by, became the worst offense in the league <laughs> under Frank Reich. Yeah. And they took the, that spot away from the Steelers, who are now 31. So regardless, they've been both bottom of the league. But, but I think 100% Matt Canada has been terrible. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think, I mean, just yeah. like the, the joke about the Panthers uh, with their 17-point thing or whatever, they lose every time with Matt Rule, they score that much. 
Um, just like this, the Steelers have barely, I think they've scored over 20 points uh, six times now mm-hmm. the last two seasons with Matt Canada. So I think it's certainly an upgrade when you're talking about offensive coordinator. But based off of recent history, their Colts offense has been poor. I think Frank uh, uh, Reich has what I call Dan Quinn syndrome. In other words, great coordinator. Yeah. Yep. He gets the raise, terrible. Yep. He can't focus on the offense, and offense has been trash. So, yeah, I'd like to see that personally. All right, our final question of the night, or statement of the night. The Jets should be considered a threat to the AFC East. Well, they just beat the best team in football, right? So <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say yes. Now, can they sustain it? Who knows? But I'm buying on that because Robert Sale has got that team – clicking on defense sauce gardner looks amazing that looks like a phenomenal draft pick <laughs> that was the right uh, pick right my goodness it was yes and and zach wilson's doing just enough to not turn the ball over and <laughs> he had his best game this past <laughs> week and is that possible right I, I, <laughs> but you kind of look at the more you watch the jets which I, I will be the first to say i do not watch the jets regularly but the, <laughs> the, 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 the few games i have watched and, you know, Robert Sale obviously came from San Francisco, and he kind of molded that team into what he wanted there um, as a coordinator. He's kind of got a little bit of that San Francisco mojo going with the with the Jets, a little bit of that, um, you know, it's not going to be the sexiest team. It's not Josh Allen and Steph, Stephon Diggs and, and the big names, but they're out there and they're, they're grinding and they're they're balling and they're protecting the ball. And so I'm going to say, yes, they should be a threat to win the AFC East. Yeah, I think so as well. I think defensively they had uh, – this was according to last week. I don't remember or if it's changed this week. But they've had three cornerbacks in, in the top ten rankings mm. across the board. Sauce Gardner being one overall for the entire NFL. Uh, defensively they're stacked. I mean, you look at last year, uh, you were looking at preseason games where their starting edge rushers were tearing their knees up and they weren't able to play for the whole season. So basing it off of last year, their defensive line is a complete upgrade across the board. This defense is uh, this defense should be considered one of the best in the league. Um, but the offense, y'all covered it with Zach Wilson. I feel like we cover it all the time talking about Zach Wilson, but he, he's just a guy right now. He hasn't really carried them de- offensively. <laughs> he's done nothing. What, yeah. The games that they've won has become of their defense. And in, uh, weeks prior with Brees Hall, their running game has carried them. So yeah. we need Michael Carter more. We need James Robinson more. I think they 100% should be considered a threat in the AFC. And there's also this thing. Uh, someone posted the Jets record. They based it off of a coin flip. This is in oh August. Gosh, this is amazing. I saw this. Yeah, off of a coin flip in August. So we, it's 100% accurate so far. And according to this, at the end, they'd be 11-6 and six in the AFC Championship losing. Losing in the AFC Championship yeah. game. So, I mean, just funny that's, enough, consider yeah. the thing that's 100% so far, says they are 100% a contender. Right. <laughs> uh, and what, what we've seen so far, beating all these great teams, I think they're 100% a contender as well. Yeah, I think, Tim, we mentioned last week, I think one of our buyer sells was, do the Jets realize, how was it worded, that um, Wilson, Zach Wilson is not the answer. Mm-hmm. My thing is they go into practice and throw the ball around, and Flacco's no gym, don't get me right. wrong, but statistically he had a pretty good go mm-hmm. with them. You have to be watching the veteran complete passes and blah, 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 Elijah Moore, who they don't right. want to use, all this stuff. And then you see Zach. And to me, like watching him play, Josh, this is probably the one tape that you played for me the most, just trying to make sure I understood that this guy does Yeah, he has a pro arm. He could throw the ball mm-hmm. anywhere. Okay, just like Josh Allen, he's mm-hmm. got a big old arm, but he can't throw like Josh Allen. He throws outs only. Can't throw across the field. We, screen passes. He can't even dump it over. Like here's right. no touch. He doesn't look like a pro quarterback at all to me. Right. That's a huge liability. And I'm just like, 
proverbially shaking the Jets going, guys, wake up. Zach Wilson's right. not good, you know? Yeah, and I think the expectation has always been for them not to make the playoffs or right. not be a highly considered team. What is this team going to feel about him when if they are in the playoffs and he doesn't carry them, he doesn't help them win, how are they really going to feel about him? Because I don't think any team has drafted better defensive talent the last two seasons than Ryan no, Sala. No. Uh, Would you agree? Absolutely. Every pick. Absolutely, yeah. We do our parties every right. year for the draft, and right. every the Jets, and we just go, ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's the right pick. So yeah. Now, the, the one thing I will say about Zach Wilson, I'm not a huge Zach Wilson fan, but I will say, you look at the other team that shares the same city with them, the Giants, with Danny Dimes. For a while, you looked at Daniel Jones and get, went, kind of said the same thing. He's got the big arm, but uh, there's some things where I go, uh, he doesn't look, I, I'm not sure, and they've stuck with him long enough. They're not all, I, I'm not saying I'm 100% behind Zach Wilson here, but they're not all going to be Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson. Uh, um, um, Alan, sorry. Yeah, Alan. <laughs> but but uh, they're not all going to be those guys, but you have to figure out, can they be good enough, just good enough, to not turn the ball over, keep you in, and if you have a defense like the Jets have, that could win you a Super Bowl, you know? The Jets, they go to New England, win yeah, or loss. That's tough. Mm. Well, according to the coin toss, they're losing their next two games. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's let's do it our way. <laughs> Are they losing the Patriots? I say it's a win. I think I think it's a loss. Okay. I think for the same you reason. Too? A couple weeks ago, we yeah, saw they, they lost two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, or, yeah. they're going to lose to the Patriots twice. Yes, I think so. All right, so let's call it a loss. The Bears. Well, a Patriots because you saw what happened to Sam Ellinger last yeah. week. You saw what happened to right. Josh Allen three right. weeks ago. I yeah. think it's not going to change against this Patriots defense. So, a win against the Bears, though. I, so, I think all right, so we get one win against the Bears. Yeah. Vikings. I think it's a loss versus the Bears. Because the coin toss also. Well, coin toss, <laughs> it, coin toss is in my favor, and then I think I think uh, Chicago offense is going to be better. We'll trump you with us both voting two the, to one. Yeah, yeah. We're just going down in the motion. All right, so that's uh, that's one. Vikings. Do they beat the Vikings? No. I mean, they're a very beatable team, but I would say no. Do they beat the Bills again? No. No. They beat the Lions. Yes. Yes. Do they beat the Jags? Yes. Yes. They beat the Seahawks. Yes. Yes. Do they beat the Dolphins? No. All right. Just with that, they're a ten-win team. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just with our very loose right. two yeah. out of three mm-hmm. <laughs> calls it. But yeah. if you give them to the Bears. <laughs> now we're talking. Right. You know, yeah. Th- and that's my thing, guys. Like division teams, we know this because all of our mm-hmm. favorite teams live in traditionally yeah. tough not yours. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. We no, know no, that Aaron no. Rodgers owns right. everybody. <laughs> but in my division, no right. one wins two years in a row. Yeah. And and there's always another good team, if not two good teams. Yeah. And the same with Pittsburgh. I mean, they traditionally have other teams. Like right now, that division is still up for grabs right. with the us understanding that they've moved on in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I think I, I don't think they should be favored in their division. I think that you needed a terrible game from the Bills offense for the Jets to squeak by. And I mean, they still could have lost on that deep pass at the end of the game. There's still mm-hmm. there's still room for the Bills despite having a bad offensive game. I just don't think that they're going to be able to consistently do that again against the Bills or the Dolphins. What's the scenario? Go ahead, Tim. Well, I was going to say, mark it down. Week 18. That's going to be a heck of a matchup. Yeah. Jets and yeah. Dolphins. That could be winner takes all. Yeah, or yeah. you know, winner gets in. We need to. Um, I really like the Jets. I really mm-hmm. like you know Salah and, and yeah. the whole. I mean, I'm really kind of closet rooting for the. I just yeah. cannot. For the life of me, everything that I know about football tells me Zach Wilson's a fraud. Mm-hmm. So my last question before we move on to start and set him and close out: What's it going to take for them to realize? When do they move on? When do they draft? Like they're in position where they still have some draft picks next year and could probably do some damage. Not is it a quarterback draft next year? This upcoming year? Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Okay. More so than this past one, because there was really not uh, a lot. One hundred, hundred percent. Okay. That's the worst thing in football, though, to to be that five hundred team or to be you know just squeaking in, because then you don't realize you need to make a change. You the window. There's very a perennial small. like, oh, maybe, maybe next year mm-hmm. he'll step up. Maybe next year, and so they hang on for a while. Whereas if the Jets were to come out this year. I know this sounds weird to say as a Jets fan. If if you if, if you are a Jets fan who does not Zach, like Zach Wilson, you should have been rooting for them to go three and thirteen or th- or whatever whatever the number of games is this year, and only win three or four games, and then the the Jets acknowledge, oh my gosh, he's terrible. We need to blow this thing up. Right now, he's hanging around. They yeah. are hanging around. I don't know what they see. All right, crazy scenario: Aaron Rodgers pulls a Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. He goes Literally to the Jets to the next Jets. year. Yeah. First of all, what does that look like? I'm, I'm just throwing him spitballing. That changes him to me. That makes the Jets literally a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I th- I think that like resets the clock on Zach Wilson though. I don't think that gets Zach Wilson out of the door. I think that that puts Aaron Rodgers Two or three in, years. and everyone. I mean, people compared Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason. They think he plays very similar. Aaron Rodgers said it himself. Two California guys yeah. had a little money. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I just think if if Aaron Rodgers or someone else happens to go there, it's kind of a reset on Zach Wilson's <laughs> clock. And I don't I don't know when they're going to move on from him. I just think if it's a bad season, because obviously they're having a great season right now. If it's a bad season next year, then I think he'll move on but i don't if the team's playing that well in spite of him already i think that they'll keep him if they're going to keep winning i think aaron Rodgers in with the jets would be out of this world for three or four years because he has so mm-hmm. many weapons right. still has a running game mm-hmm. better offensive line a, a nasty defense, defense just waiting right. to get better mm-hmm. uh and a chip on their shoulder because mm-hmm. the packers i mean for what they are they are like the steelers they're legendary yep. stoic you mm-hmm. know the, the lambo yeah. i mean they're they're awesome they're what make football great but they're also plain Jane, vanilla, not nope. going to take a risk. Nope. Um, so there's things to that, much like Pittsburgh, that they need to do something to right. rattle the cage. And a trade, given a lot of draft picks, yep. would be pretty awesome. But um, we're not predicting. We're just saying. All right, Tim, we do our stardom and sit just a little bit different. We're going to show you the Week 10 schedule. In the past, we would just talk about matchups. Just take a look down the schedule. We're not going to go game by game. We're going to close out with this segment. But our stardom or sit as you look at the schedule and you think about your fantasy roster, Give me some matchups or players that you would love to start or sit or just whatever comes to mind. I'll tell you right now, if you're a Cowboys fan and you've got even Pollard or Zeke, I say start them against the Green Bay defense. I think a lot of people are saying the formula for Dallas to win is going to be both Zeke and Pollard. I say if you've got either of them, which I have one and not the most popular one, unfortunately, he's doing great as a fantasy guy in a flex position. So I say your Cowboys, receivers or running backs, even Dak Prescott, start them. Yeah, for me, I want to say Chris Godwin against the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks defense has just not been good. I know they played the Cardinals, and it makes them look very good. But this is the Buccaneers. I think Tariq Woolen, who's been a fantastic corner this year, gets Mike Evans' treatment. And I think that Chris Godwin going against Michael Jackson and Kobe Bryant, two cornerbacks on that team, will have an easier matchup this week. I'm going to go back to my, my hot take of McCaffrey having a, <laughs> yeah. having a crazy good game against most, most Chargers games I've, I've seen are pretty high scoring. And I think that that, that one could be a, a pretty interesting game between the Chargers and the 49ers. I could see McCaffrey um, just having a heck of a game. I, I think them. he's a new toy in yeah. Shanahan's yep. toy box and he's yeah. just polishing them going. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, for me, I'm also going to say you can start both Bears running backs, uh, Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. They're going against the worst 
uh, rush defense or worst overall defense in the league in the Detroit Lions. Uh, likelihood now that it's winter time, it's going to be a negative degree game as they're predicting in Soldier Field. Uh, this is also the number one rushing team, so I think you could start both of those guys. I'm going to go on a limb and say uh, to my Buffalo friends, um, I would be careful who you start here. Uh, there's a chance Josh Allen may not play as of right now. He's questionable, and if it is some serious damage, he probably needs to take a few weeks. But that Vikings defense is a little better than I think. I don't think there's going to be monster numbers from either of their top two receivers. I would be cautious about starting a Buffalo Bills receiver against the Viking defense. You don't. This week. You don't want the Case Keenum revenge game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd be scared of that. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Any any Anything you see out there that you'd be alarmed to start so we can help our fantasy uh, players out there. Just looking over the games right now. Um, I think the Houston Texans, you can continue to sit, aside from Damian Pierce. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, Brandon Cooks might be coming back in this game. I know uh, he had a wrist injury all of a sudden. I think it was more of him just reflecting on not being traded uh, because it was a Thursday night game right after the trade deadline. But I think uh, I don't think you can start Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins or Brevin Jordan, whoever else in this game, against the Giants. Okay, what about the Giants, Tim? Do you see if, if you have like a Saquon Barkley big right. game for Saquon against this defense, or, or? <laughs> um, I do because I think, um, I think like I said earlier, I think the Giants will be prepared. I think yeah, I weirdly the Texans playing well against the Eagles actually did the Giants a favor of the Giants being able to go. Whoa, they they held <laughs> they hung with the best team in yeah. football statistically at least um, for a half and really could have been right in there. We're not sleeping on this guy, and Brian Dable's not going to let his team sleep on, on the Texans. I think um, Saquon has a pretty big game. What about, Josh, I'll challenge you because you said the Lions had one of the worst defenses. Uh, Field's going to have a big day again running the football. Obviously not a record-breaking day. It's too no, hard. No, I think the consistency of his rushing floor, at least real-life numbers and then obviously fantasy on top of that, is he's going to be more consistent with all those carries that he's getting. So I think this is a bright spot. I think it opens up the running game for all of them. Uh, Fields, Montgomery, Herbert, all of them, whoever's playing at the time. Obviously they have to script more plays for Herbert because Monty is the one playing most of the snaps. But I think overall it opens up the running game completely and they'll probably be their most efficient game as a group uh, versus the Lions. I would also go out on a limb and say uh, be cautious about Tom Brady. He could be a duck this week. Um, that defense, as Josh said, is noticeably better. Um, and, and, you know, again, Brady I don't think has totally hit that wall, but I'd be a little concerned if you're starting Tom Brady uh, against Seattle. Now they're in Tampa. That gives them a bit of an advantage, but – Tim, anything you see? What about this Dolphin matchup? Are we going to see their, their two wide receivers eat, or are the Browns good enough to slow that down? No, I think Dolphins win that one, and I think um, – when when does the, the quarterback come back to Sean Watson for the Browns? Is week, that next week? 12. Week 12. Okay, all right. So we've got another week or two for that. Um, Surprisingly, the week after the Texans game now, right? Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is the Texans, Texans game. game. You can't okay. write that stuff up, man. <laughs> that, that'll be high drama, of course, and the, I'm yeah. sure that'll be a primetime game or something like that. But I, I see the Dolphins pulling that out, and I, th I think you could safely start any of the Waddle, any, Waddle or, mm -hmm. or yeah. uh, Tyreek. Tua yeah. should destroy yeah. this. Oh, yeah, team. and I think it's – I mean, it's worth noting that the Browns mm -hmm. do allow big plays. I mm -hmm. mean, you look – every game this year, you can look at basically guys running into each other in the field or at, in the deep side of the field. Uh, you've seen Grant Delpit missing plays all the time. So I think – I mean, looking at these two receivers, these dudes got to be very well prepared for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, especially with how their weakness has been in the secondary. Is it safe to say Matty Stats as a starting option is probably not a good call anymore, or is he uh, – you know, we've already said essentially his line is toast. and Probably not, 
But, I mean, l- looking at this team, I mean, the Cardinals make great plays. They make great interceptions, pick sixes, stuff like that. But, I mean, they're still a bottom five defense when it comes to points allowed. And I think the Rams, they've been a terrible offense. They've been bottom five. Um, I think this is a great bounce-back spot for them within the division. Everyone knows these the odds of this point of them if they lose this game, as they said. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. So this has to be a must-win, and I think that they know how bad this defense is. I think they're going to take less risks because this is a very beatable team in the Cardinals, uh, but I think that this going to be a much better game on offense for them versus a Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, guys, Jalen Hurts and the boys in Philly should absolutely eat against Washington. That's safe to oh, yeah. say. Absolutely. Pick them. Just pick whoever you got. If they're an eagle, they're probably going to get theirs. I will say, I think Travis Kelsey's probably going to have two or three touchdowns in this game. <laughs> the old-timer. I mean, yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a touchdown, I think, since, what, week five or six, whenever he had that four-touchdown game in primetime. He finally can – he's probably going to bounce back against the Jags. Now, the Chiefs, albeit I think they'll dominate and win this game, is this a room for Lawrence to have a good game at quarterback? Because that defense is not stout. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great bounce back for him. Yeah, I, I, I don't think – I, I think – the Jags still lose because Kansas City's mad that they barely they barely <laughs> hung on in, in their home back-to-back games, um, and so I, I still think Kansas City loses. But because I think Kansas City will jump out to a pretty big lead, possibly early on, I think he'll put Trevor Lawrence in that position where he has to be thrown. So yeah, yeah. nobody scary you can think of RB ones or twos you might want to just sit down or anybody that um, you I mean, predict. Najee Harris you had on the bench last week. Yeah. Um, not because you wanted to, he's on by. Maybe you want to against the Saints. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, they've been a great rush defense all year other than, for whatever reason, against Kenyon Drake. Uh, it's because they couldn't get anything going on offense, I think. But Najee Harris, he's been the least efficient guy in the league for the most part. And uh, against another great rushing defense in the Saints probably isn't going to great matchup or a lock for this week. Yeah, as usual, lots of games that I'm not so sure. They will affect the outcome, like Arizona uh, going to the Rams. That's a divisional game. Uh, Dallas needs to keep pace in their division against Green Bay. Uh, even, I mean, Chargers, San Francisco, and their respective divisions, that's going to matter because the Chiefs are going to start to run away with things if the Chargers don't make chase. And even the Vikings, Bills. Yeah, it really shakes up things if the 49ers lose and the Rams win because that advantage that the Rams have or the 49ers have over right now would be erased. And then the Cardinals are essentially out at that point because they haven't had their bye while everyone else has. So they would be out of it, basically. Yeah, because I, I don't think, I personally, I, mean, I don't believe in Seattle yet. I mean, I joke about Geno being MVP because it's a joke. Yeah, at least not for playoff contention. Like I, I think Brady in handles the playoffs. Yeah, yeah right. I think the Bucks win. So that's interesting, Josh, because you're right. If San Francisco, the San Francisco Rams game, those two separate games have a lot, especially if the Buccaneers win, because that pushes Seattle back down. Any chance the Lions are going to beat Chicago at home? Absolutely. I think there's a chance. They're, they're my upset. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's we'll stacked see. again. Uh, this this primetime matchup, I think San Francisco is going to be a good game. That should be a good. That's a Sunday night game, and your Monday night game, not yeah. so much. If you're, you, <laughs> I yeah. wish they had flexed the uh, the Vikings Bills game. The Vikings Bills game, that's a hot game. That's, that's a that's super good. hot game. Yeah. Are you a red zone guy, Tim? I am. Yeah, I love, love watching red zone. Yeah, for the yeah. first couple years, we would do it. The boys would would you know pace. Nervously, right. remember you'd be right, here. And they, yep, yeah. They're standing there locking arms right. on field goals. It was uh-huh. awesome. But and then I was like, "Well, I want to watch a game." And right. they're like, 
whatever. And then uh-huh. So now we've compromised. We mm-hmm. bring in the secondary TV so mm-hmm. that we can watch a That's game. Yeah. I invited some folks over for the first time to hang out, and we watched their game uh-huh. on the little TV. Right, and then so watch Red Zone on the, yep. That's yeah. Great. And anyone who so knows fun. here, guys at Helmet's house, we are, come on, watch the game with us. If you're here yep. long enough, we'll eat, and we're going to chill and watch Red Zone. So, yeah, week 10 looks to be a good one. Hey, just a reminder, because if you're like some of the clowns I'm playing in fantasy, if you have someone that plays for Baltimore, Cincinnati, New England, or the Jets, don't leave them in your lineup. They're not going to give you points. So make sure that you look at your bye week for week 10. And as always, check back with us next week, and we will recap all of the action from week 10 in the NFL. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please tell a friend and help us spread the word. We've set up our online shop at guyswithouthelmets.com where you can get your own Guys Without Helmet gear. We also post a weekly video on YouTube, so please stop by and give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.